Paul here with today's tip to help you pass ACLS. Patients with a heart rate less than 60 are bradycardic. Some people can have a resting heart rate in the 40s without any compromise. For others, a heart rate of 50 or less could signify the need for immediate intervention and warrants additional assessment. Similar to the tachycardia algorithm, one of the first questions we should ask ourselves about a bradycardic patient with a heart rate less than 50 is, are they stable? The identification of unstable bradycardia and how it's treated is today's Pass ACLS tip topic. Listening to a tip daily for a few weeks before your class will help to cement the key concepts needed for you to pass your ACLS written exam and megacode. Push the plus, follow, or subscribe button in your listening app, or activate the Pass ACLS flash briefing skill on your Amazon voice device so you don't miss upcoming tips. You can find additional ACLS-related resources at PassACLS.com. Remember, we treat our patients, not the monitor. We should assess our bradycardic patient's vitals, level of consciousness, and perform a targeted history of the patient's current condition. This history and assessment should identify if the patient has any of the following. Hypotension with a systolic blood pressure below 90, a sudden decrease in level of consciousness, signs of shock, like cool, clammy, ashen to cyanotic skin or delayed capillary refill, signs of acute CHF, such as shortness of breath, edema, and wet breath sounds, or complaints of chest discomfort suggestive of possible cardiac ischemia. If any of those exist, the patient should be considered unstable and have ACLS intervention started. If the patient doesn't already have it, an IV should be established along with pulse oximetry and O2 therapy if the O2 saturation is less than 90%. Remember that pulse ox can be inaccurate when patients are in shock. If the patient has ashen or cyanotic skin with delayed capillary refill, oxygen should be given and ABGs drawn. A 12-lead ECG should be obtained and a quick review of the patient's medical history and current medications performed to determine if the bradycardia could be a toxicologic etiology. Calcium channel blockers and beta blockers, for example, can cause bradycardia and may respond favorably to targeted treatment. Calcium, in the case of calcium channel blockers, and glucagon administration for beta blockers. Based on the patient's history, a fluid bolus of 250 to 500 cc's could be started while the 12-lead is being performed. The IV should be kept KVO for patients with renal failure or signs of acute CHF. For unstable bradycardic patients, administration of 1 mg of atropine rapid IV push is our first medication. This dose can be repeated twice in 3-5 to five minute intervals to a maximum dose of 3 mg. Remember that atropine is an anticholinergic and works by blocking the effects of the vagus nerve on the SA node and has little to no effect on the AV node and the ventricles. Because of this, atropine is unlikely to be effective for patients with a heart transplant or patients in a second-degree type 2 or third-degree heart block. If after our first dose of atropine we see an increase in the P waves on the ECG, but no increase in pulse or QRSs, subsequent doses of atropine are unlikely to be effective and can be skipped. For these patients, transcutaneous pacing is needed. If there's a delay in getting TCP, 
An infusion of dopamine or epinephrine can be started at 5 to 20 micrograms per kilogram per minute for dopamine or 2 to 10 micrograms per minute for an epidrip. If a dopamine or epidrip is started, we should begin at the lowest rate and slowly titrate up to a systolic blood pressure of 90. Remember that these medications increase the workload of the heart and can worsen ischemia, so use with caution and maintain close monitoring of these patients. For unstable bradycardic patients that don't respond to atropine, TCP should be started as soon as it's available. For more information on cause and treatment of bradycardia, check out the pod resource page at passacls.com. I've shared links to some of my favorite medical podcasts and episodes that cover ACLS-related topics. If you found today's review of Unstable Bradycardia helpful, consider sharing Pass ACLS with your coworkers on LinkedIn or take a few seconds to leave a five-star review. I'm here to help you pass ACLS. Thanks for listening, and good luck with your class.